You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School, episode 111, Bad Feng Shui Plants. Welcome to episode 111 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious spaces for their clients and their successful design businesses. Through articles, books, workshops, videos, TV appearances, and consultations, Lauren and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their living spaces. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So today we wanted to talk about bad feng shui plants. Mm. So Alora is making a face. <laughs> I'm calling it our clickbait. It's a clickbait name, but that's okay. Because, you know, Angie and I always say no fear, no bad, but on people, how many people here were like, whoa, I need to know if there's really bad feng shui plants. I guarantee you a bunch of you are listening because you want to know, which is, Cool. So should I say that there's not really bad feng shui plants like right at the beginning here? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's never anything bad, right? We we are not trying to scare anyone out there. Not that plants, let's also be really clear here. We're talking about plants. So really at the end of the day, how scary can they be? <laughs> well, they're, gonna be like, <laughs> they're always good for you, right? They're going to be a huge Amazonian man eating plant, but that's yeah. not going to okay. be something Fair you enough. have in your house. Yeah. Like if it was like, yeah. Okay. If it was a giant Venus flytrap that doesn't really exist, but mutated here. Yeah, that's bad. So if anybody out there, if you have one of those in your bedroom, we recommend you move it out of the bedroom. <laughs> Unless you want to be a... A man eater. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to be devoured. So that's our that's our only bad plant. No, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Well, Angie, you're gonna start talking about because this is something you did. You talked about on one of your IG lives, right? Yeah. So if you don't know, if you don't already follow us on Instagram, um, we have a Mindful Design School account, and but I also have my own account, Angie Cho, and I do like an Instagram live or IGTV like almost every uh, business day. And I thought I would just try and see what would happen if I said bad feng shui plants. And I kind of hate to to do it, but I just wanted, it was a little test. And of course, my most popular video ever is about plants and it's titled bad feng shui plants. So that's why we thought we would try it here. But just to tell you upfront, yes, we're we're totally tricking you. We're not, we're gonna tell you that there is no bad feng shui plants. However, there I mean, are best it, practices. There yes, are best yeah. practices. There you yeah. go. And we thought this would be really helpful now because as we're in springtime, springtime is related to the wood element. And the wood element is connected to spring. It's connected to living green plants. It's yang energy, yang wood energy. It's like this vital green life force energy that is a big foil to the winter that is very yin and cold and inward. And it's a time of outward growth. And so it's no coincidence that people talk about spring cleaning and 
you know, that in spring flowers and trees and everything starts sprouting. And also in feng shui, it's a great time to really harness that spring energy by bringing in plants. Mm -hmm. So last time around this year, well, I was sick, but uh, in the spring, I got way too many plants. We were also in the pandemic or mm -hmm. the beginning of the pandemic. So I fell into the pandemic obsession. Trap. Yeah, obsession. <laughs> but yeah, we wanted to talk about the wood element and plants. So Laura, do you want to tell mm -hmm. us about the wood elements? Okay, yes. Well, you said it very well already. So wood element is one of the five elements. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the five elements, actually, that'll be one of our Feng Shui 101 episodes. But we talk a lot here about chi and different systems, cosmological systems in feng shui that come from Taoism. And one of those ways is called the five elements. And it is something that is used across many of the Chinese arts, for example, traditional Chinese medicine, even some, you know, Qigong. So it's something that is fairly universal to many practices and of course to feng shui. So it comes out of the concepts of yin and yang, which we're also talking about in our feng shui 101 which is the duality of yin and yang, you know, sort of softer energy versus stronger energy, just to put it really succinctly. And then out of that yin and yang is where you get these different flavors, different characteristics, different types of chi that are all based on cycles you would see in nature, cycles you would, would sense, you would feel. So it's connected back to nature. It's connected to how people lived when they were out. Well, we still do, but we just don't get out enough. How people live, especially people that are living in areas that are more rural, perhaps if you live in agrarian areas, that is really, you know, that energy, you can see it the way you live your life. And wood is one of these five. And when you connect it, as Angie said, when you connect it back to these cyclical seasonal times, it is the energy of springtime. So it's new beginnings. It's when things start. So, you know, you've already, so the seeds have already maybe been sown well, after the soil has melted and, or, and the frost has gone and this, the sun is warming the soil. And then you move into when you actually can start to see the sprouts coming out and breaking ground. And that's really the energy of springtime, pushing through, breaking, you know, moving up. Also, each of these five elements has a direction, an energy direction. And for wood, it's upwards, right? So when you think about all of the ways that you can bring more of that type of energy into your life. First of all, going outside and participating in nature and seeing what's going on in the cycles, seeing the days are longer, appreciating that. But if you feel like you're still a little bit isolated, you still want to connect a little bit more to that energy. We, I mean, plants are really such a perfect way. They're really, you can bring in the five elements in many ways. And that would be one where you're bringing it in with material, like a living plant. And so that is one that I think we can all get behind. We understand it. It makes sense. And getting so excited when you see a new sprout on your plant. I, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, it's been a, technically in the solar calendar. It's be, spring shifted in early February. So we're into it. We're well into it. That was when days got longer. Everything started to shift. And even around that time, I noticed that my plants were getting new buds. They were growing better because they there was a real dark period there for a while where things were dying back because the sun isn't as long. So take, you know, plants are such a great way to observe the energy in action. 
Yeah, totally. And another thing about plants too, for those of you who don't know so much about them, it's a great way to start to have curiosity and uh, and look realistically at what you can offer too. Like if you're you've always had bad luck with plants, then maybe you can look at you could look at like why, like what happened. Was it that I had a hard time caring for something else? Is it that um, I didn't want to make a commitment? Like I actually talked to someone the other day and she was asking about plants and she said her house was so beige and that she actually didn't, hadn't put up any art and hadn't got any plants or done anything because she didn't want to make any commitments. And so then I said, well, why don't you try like getting command hooks? Then you're not making a commitment to put a hole in the wall and you can put some art up. You know, she wanted to get fake plants. And I said, well, why don't you just get a plant that's really easy to care for? Go for the the low-hanging fruit, like a pothos. It's almost impossible to uh, kill, right? So you can go for something like that. And then she, it was funny because she was talking about she had just gotten engaged. Or no, she just she was getting married and planning her wedding. And now she realized the one thing that she can't return is her wedding dress. Because she has a tendency to buy things and then return them because she doesn't want to commit to them. It's very interesting, right? So you can start to see patterns in your life. Or maybe like for me, I get I got really ambitious a year ago and I got way too many plants and then I get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> so, so you could start to see how these patterns show up. And then one of our students, you know, SVH, she, she was on one of our earlier podcasts. She talked about in the program, she got a plant, I think in her where does she put it in her family area? And then it started really growing so well. And then she had to repot it. And she saw how that was a kind of visual representation of the growth in her family connections. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot you can pick up if Mm -hmm. you take the time to notice. Yeah. And I think plants are also, for those of you that struggle with them, Sometimes you can kill things with kindness. So you can over, you know, there's a real balance with plants, you know, trying to, sometimes people over, um, they think that they need to, they overcommit. So they think that they need, just because they have this plant, it needs so much care. And there's a real balance. Honestly, if you get the right plants, it, it, it should, it's not that much work. You know, you need two things. You need sunlight. Yeah, you do need light. You need indirectors or direct sunlight, depending on the plant. And, you know, the closer they can be to a window, the better, just general rule. And you need water and you need water to, you know, less than you think you need to water. I always say, always say, err on the side of watering less because I think one of the most common ways when people say that they, that they lose plants is overwatering. So the plant just, it rots. And so it's almost like you... You start to like put all of your energy into this poor little plant, or you're so nervous that you have to, you know, take care of it. You're like petting it to death, basically. So, you know, plants are pretty easy going if you get the right plants. And we are going to talk about some plants, like some of our faves and the reasons why they're our faves. But yeah, I always say, you know, don't, don't stick to a schedule when you water your plant, touch the soil, touch the soil, touch it. See what it feels like. Is it dry? It should be dry. The top inch or two inches should be dry. And then you can water it and you don't have to soak the crap out of it. You can just give it, you know, enough water. Sorry, this is my, my, uh, 
my plug on don't overwater your plants. But yeah, so don't don't act on it. Don't go on a schedule. Plants don't know that it's Tuesday, and um, just feel the soil. And that's another thing about being connected with, you know, really like being connected with the energy. Like so, the uh, another element is earth. And you so when you get a plant, you actually get earth chi and wood chi. So you have you can actually touch dirt and touch it and see what happens to soil. And you know, is the soil moist? Is the soil too soggy? If it's you know all those things that go along with that element. Sometimes if you have too much water, another element in that soil, it's you know all three of those elements coming together. It's it really is a balance about how they all work together to nourish, to stop, to absorb all those things. And so just taking the time to not just don't be mechanical about it. Just take the time to observe. That's my plug. Yeah, actually, uh, just to touch back what you were talking about, like when I, um, in flower arranging, when because I study Ikebana, all of the elements are represented in a flower arrangement and an Ikebana ar arrangement because it's the universe in one container, just like how each of us embody all of the five elements. So in like a flower arrangement, or if we translate it to a plant, there's, like Laura said, the actual plant is wood element, but then the um, sunlight that it requires is fire element. The water is the water that, that you offer, but also the water that flows through the plant because a plant needs water to, it. Actually, the water actually keeps it standing up, right? And gives um, strength to the plant. And then there's earth element, the, the soil, but also maybe the container that it's in, it's earthenware or it's stable and heavy. And then which one am I missing? Metal. Metal. Metal would be the minerals in the soil, right? Yeah. Fertilizer too. Yeah. 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 So, and um, um, making sure that there's enough and fertilizing it again, you don't need a lot of that. You don't need a lot of the metal element. And actually metal is also when I was, you know, when your plant in the fall and in the winter, it, you know, it starts to die back or slow right down. It, it's contracting. It's it's actually using the the energy of the metal element. Remember, I said all of the elements have different directions. Metal is contraction, is inward, so it all pulls in. So the plant actually demonstrates how it's adopting this um, the season, autumn, which is the metal element, which is really about conserving and, and finishing and completing and getting ready to be dormant during the winter. So. Oh, it's you all know, a lesson. Plants are a little tiny little lesson in the five elements. I just want to give one thing about the five elements. We recently met someone that, well, this happens a lot. We just want to give a little disclaimer with like when we talk about the five elements, please do not get all caught up in how do I have one thing of the five elements everywhere? Like we get so many interesting curious questions where people get so hung up on it and it's on the five elements and it's not like five like five pegs that you fit into a box right it's actually just it's a philosophy of looking at the world you can find the five elements in anything mm -hmm. and and there's the macro and the micro and each human even though you may exhibit more or lean more towards an element you have all of the elements and where we actually find challenges and difficulties is when we get really stuck on pigeonholing anyone into just one element, or we want to just focus only on one element. So I know that's confusing. Maybe we'll talk about that. No, more it's not confusing. And I think, you know what, 
here's what just sum up what we've all we've spoken about because it i really do think that plants a plant is a lesson in the five elements don't overthink it know that they're all know that all five are there and all five are working get a plant care for a plant observe a plant don't overthink it don't have to think about the plant needs and to be this color of pot please don't ask us what color of pot the plant needs to be and it's okay it doesn't matter just get a plant and just take care of that plant and know that as you do that, you are, as Angie said, you're observing, you're living that, you know, that cycle, the, the five element cycle, which is really, is a very subtle and nuanced way to start to really appreciate this practice. Because we do get a lot of questions where people are, are like, okay, so if I had the earth element, which I know is yellow, but this thing is a triangle shaped, doesn't that mean it's actually fire? And what happens if it's both earth and fire? And then what if, and at that point you can make yourself crazy and you can start to, and it's, it's really not what the practice is about, right? And it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Those abilities to be able to see the square of the earth the yellow of the earth or the triangle of the fire or the white of the metal, that those are all gifts. Those are all tools to be very creative and subtle, not to be like, make you crazy, right? So there's really, it's a way to make it very subtle, just, you know, oh, you know what? Look, hey, it's already there. Look, it's white. Okay, enough, done. There we go. We're done. That's metal. And you move on, you know? So you don't have to like paralyze yourself through feng shui analysis. Anyway, that's my... Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, okay, let's talk so about let's, the plants. Let's get that back you like. to, yeah. So, why don't we talk about some of our favorite plants that are typically people typically think are okay, bad? Right. Let's plants. get back to the actual topic that we told everyone we were going to talk about. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. So, okay, number one, okay. cacti. You go for it. Cactus, yeah. People get worried about cactus, but listen, Laura and I are talking to each other in a Zoom room right now. <laughs> We're not talking to any person. I mean, we're not talking to a client. So for each person, it's different. However, if we're going to say something or write a blog post that is going out to an unknown general public, we want to give kind of general advice, right? So in general, if you want to bring a plant into your home for the purpose of better flow or feng shui. In general, it's better to have a plant that is has soft, rounded leaves that is easy to, that you're not going to kill and that will not be a burden for you to take care of. And it's in placed in a situation where there's enough light and you can care for it properly. So the thing with cactus is that if like, you know, you could actually draw blood and hurt yourself. If someone threw a cactus at your head, that would be, that would be painful, right? I mean, that wouldn't, it wouldn't feel good. So, um, so in general, yeah, you don't, if you want to bring a new, if you want to purchase a new plant and bring it into your home, I would rec not recommend a cactus, <laughs> but Laura, give the other side of it. But they are easy to take care of for the most part, but by the way, they do need water at, at some point. So know that I've, I've, I've actually killed more. I've let cacti, actually my son had the cacti to be fair. And he was, you know, 12, but you know, it was, 
they are they're not they're not as easy to care for as people think okay so because you do actually need to watch them and the problem is the way the best way to check to see if something needs water is to squeeze it is to touch the leaves it's really hard to touch a cacti's leaves so um know that but the prickles on them are not necessarily yes you have to be careful you have to be mindful of them but that's kind of good right you can't just you know you have you have to respect it Cacti, if if you really want to have that easy plant, go with succulents, because I actually think that cacti, and I'm sure somebody out there is going to be like, it's not true, but the cacti are really good at absorbing negative chi, specifically also like EMFs, because they feel to me like they're little sponges. So I like to have them out on a uh, workspace, so near where you have lots of electronics. So that's kind of my, and also, you know, sometimes when you're working, there are a lot of people that maybe are, depending on your job, but like maybe there's people that you want to break up that, that, you know, that chi, that stuff that's coming at you and use a little, you know, your little spikes of your, of your cacti to sort of help buffer. So cacti has its place. I think if your life is already pretty prickly and you're already, you know, feeling a little bit on, on edge, probably not the best plant to bring in your house. Yeah. So I know often the question, that question of the cactus comes up when people already have one in their home. And I've had like a client tell me, oh, well, I have this whole cactus garden and it was given to me. And she has this like beautiful story around it and she loved it. And I said, well, what? Then keep it. Maybe it's not the best thing to put as a feng shui adjustment somewhere. But, you know, we always say not everything needs to be a feng shui adjustment, first of all. But I think throwing away something that you love and that's a living being is not very good feng shui, actually. No. So, um, and it's also a good, it's also interesting to see sometimes people say, okay, I'm going to get a cactus. And then they put it in, they're like, I'm going to get a plant for my relationship area. And they put a cactus there. And it's funny because then you can stop and say, well, maybe there's reason why I'm having trouble with finding a partner because I can, you know, maybe you're, you could learn to be a little bit softer and more vulnerable and less prickly. But then there's also times when maybe you want to, you've, you've just gone through a traumatic experience or you need to really work on yourself and you need some time on your own, then it would be better to be more, have a more protective plant or like, especially like Laura said, in a work situation, maybe you need more boundaries. Like I did a whole day with a corporation recently and work from home has been quite a challenge for people, I think, in terms of work-life balance. And people are feeling overwhelmed because they're working all the time now because there's less boundaries. And so for a couple of people, we suggested actually to put something like an aloe plant that has a little bit of prickliness on their desk to give them some buffer like laura was saying yeah, but so in general lump, and, and would we lump we'd lump cacti because then you mentioned aloe which does have prickles aloes actually legit have prickles um even though they're not as obvious it's not going to draw blood though no and it is spiky but like okay so if we move on to spiky plants because i think in general people like lump cacti is prickly but then also people are saying you should never have a feng shui plant in feng shui you should never have a plant with spikes or pointed le- uh, you know whatever's and leaves and all this stuff and i have to say that is one i i don't agree with um for the obvious reasons that i said but even beyond cacti like cacti are 
really prickly and they're tough. They're like, you know, a tough plant to sort of work with sometimes, but you know, plants that have spikes. So I'm thinking of one of my favorite plants is a snake plant, right? It's like my favorite plant. It's called, you know, St. George's sword or, and then it's called mother-in-law's tie, all these names, but you know, snake plant is, and it comes in variegated. It comes in green. It's just a beautiful it's it, for me, it embodies the wood element. It moves straight up and down. It it shoots the chi up. It's very, um, very easy to take care of. That is one where you want to underwater it um, for sure. Like I, I think I water mine maybe every two weeks. So maybe again, I touch the soil and it has to be dry, dry, dry for the first two, two inches at least. Um, and for me, it makes me feel it's a, almost like a protector. So it's called, one of the names is a sword. And there is something about being able to cut through negative chi, being able to empower you, like, you know, protect you. So if you have an area of your home that feels really stagnant or, you know, you're just feeling like the energy isn't strong enough, for me, I love snake plant, 100%. Yes, it's spiky. Don't care. Love it. Yeah, I will say Laura is very good at boundaries and I think it shows because she's she uses her her strong plants in strategic ways. I have a lot of she really plants. yeah to I have like five. Yeah, for strength. Yeah. yeah. Definitely because um wood is very well, wood is also the, the other qualities that wood can cultivate is human heartedness, kindness, flexibility and also the strength to always bounce back like a like a blade of grass you could step on a blade of grass and it'll just bounce right back up so so yeah there's a lot so i guess that wraps so we got we got cacti and we got snake is that it are we going to talk about ones that we like now or not yeah (laughs) okay give me one i want you to give me one plant that you like you love oh um i'm really into my fiddle head um fig tree actually right now Mm -hmm. so i actually shared it on my instagram live and i'll also show it on on the youtube yeah but yeah you know i got this in the beginning of the pandemic and it's grown it's probably doubled in size Mm -hmm. and i really love it it's also a very popular very trendy plant right now it is it's a little bit finicky but it's been doing really good and it's been sitting in the wealth corner of my desk and I, you know, I really love it. And I love the shape of the leaves. They're like almost like little bowls, mm-hmm. maybe like bowls to catch the wealth, but it's just been a they're like little fiddles. Yeah. They're little fiddles. So I love them. Yeah, I have I a big do? one. I have mine is now almost six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's really big. And he almost got kicked out, got like, you know, he, I'm very, like I'll give my plants a chance and in the summer I'll, I'll late give plant and I don't have very many that die, but if they are starting to dwindle or something's happening, my, I wait till the summer and I put them on the back deck in the right spot and I water them and I basically say, okay, guys, you, this is the time you either make it or break it, man. And he bounced back and then I brought him in and I put him right by the window and he has been given like he stopped giving leaves for like a couple of months, but now two leaves out new, he's just flourishing and, and they are finicky. Um, they do need more light than I thought they need. That's my one takeaway. They need more sunlight than I thought. I thought they were going to burn the leaves and stuff. And, you know, so they do need quite a bit of bright sunlight. Yeah. 
I also, I also like this one. I think it's a watermelon pepperonium or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And it's actually crazy. So this is a cutting I have that's propagating in water right now. But um, what, so a year ago, I got a little one of this and it was literally like two, two inches tall, right? And then I went to Japan and my husband, it was like in a little tiny pot. So it, I forgot to tell my husband to water it. It basically almost, you know, it was like crispy, mm-hmm. like basically dead. But now it's like, I have a whole like big plant that's doing well. Plus I have, it grew so tall that I had to, you know, I had to cut it back and made these cuttings. So I know so I have one in water love. too. Hold on. This is mine. Oh, now we're doing show and tell. I love it. So this is my, this is a cutting I had of my donkey tail. Oh, uh, it's like a succulent. Uh-huh. And then that's oh, yeah. a cutting and he's sitting in complete water. And this is supposed to be a succulent. This is supposed to be something that's not even like you, you assume you never water it, right? It's doing so well. And anyone that has donkey tails out there, they understand that if you touch it, all the little things fall off it, they're so finicky. But now that I've put this, I so a bunch of it fell off and it's grown like crazy and it's flourishing in this water and I put it by the window. But now I, just, I don't think I can ever put it in soil. I'm so nervous that if I put it in soil, it's going to, so I'm just going to leave it in the water. Um, yeah, I've heard that some plants don't do so well if you keep them in water longer than a month or two. This has been it, a while. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. I'm going to wait to see if it starts to die back, then I, I will, I'll plant them, but in the spring or that like when, like when it's warmer outside. Yeah. I have a lot of plants in water actually, mm-hmm. um, propagating them in water. And then like the monstera, you can just have in water. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yay. We did it. We talked about our plants. Um, and we talked about quote, bad feng shui plants and know that you should never Never do anything or you should never listen to a practice that tells you what you're doing is horribly wrong. <laughs> Just FYI. So well, you can listen to whatever you want, but Laura and I take a different approach. We try not to take a fear based approach. And that's why, yeah, we don't want to be dogmatic about it. So, but that's but it's a little bit harder to give general advice to everyone. So that's why we have like we want to chat about it. And it turns into a 30-minute podcast episode. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode and be sure to sign up for our newsletter and you can do that in the show notes or go to mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll to the bottom of the main page. And if you like this podcast and this episode, please share it with others. You can um, subscribe on whatever app you're listening to it on and leave a review. And if you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and mindful design on an even deeper level, please visit our website at mindfuldesignschool.com and holisticspaces.com. You can support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.